Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to Trust and Believe. I'm your host, Shanti, and I wanted to give you guys a little lesson before we begin. Okay, so usually I get on the podcast and everything is fine. I'm prepared, but today was a little crazy in my house this morning. My camera wasn't working. My mic wasn't working. It was wild. And in my book, I tell you to be flexible. 10 years ago, I would have been freaking out. I would have been sweating. I would have been pissed. But today I'm like, you know what? What can you do? And not only that, I have an incredible guest that is probably one of the most calm people I've ever met in my life, and we've yet to meet in person. However, you have heard him on the show before. His name is Max Lugabeer, and you, a lot of you probably follow him already, but this man is literally, in my opinion, a genius. And today, we are going to talk more about food, which is something I know you love, and we're going to talk about food in the kitchen. I'm going to let him give you all the details on how to enhance your life when it comes to focusing on food, especially in your kitchen. So like I'd like to tell you sometimes, grab a notebook or have your phone and take notes as you listen because this is one of those guests that is going to help change your life in the next 40 minutes. Get ready to trust and believe with Max Lugavir. What's up? This is Sean T, and it's time to trust and believe. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready get 30, ready get 20, 20, 20, ready get 20, 20, ready get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. What up? First of all, I heard you had surgery. So I, uh, I'm sending all the healing vibes and, and lots of love your way because I know surgery is difficult. I hope, you're, I hope you, you recover swiftly and fully, my friend. Thank you for sending me those healing vibes because just being in a new season, and when I say a new season of wellness, I mean, I'm about to turn 44. Uh, maybe when this podcast airs, I will already be 44. You look my a decade younger than that, by the way. Thank you. <laughs> I mean, um, Good but job, I've also, whatever you're doing. <laughs> thanks a lot. I also, you know, I took a, I got a full hormone panel redone. I've hired a personal trainer, which I haven't done in 12 years. I haven't had a personal trainer. So this is, I'm really in a season of changing just everything. I'm, well, obviously I eat, I eat 85% healthy because you know, I love my donuts. Um, and I love my old fashioned drinks, but I say all that to say, 
I'm just kind of in this different season of changing my wellness, especially as I'm getting older. And so that's why and one of the reasons why I'm so happy to have you on the show to talk about your new venture. And so I just kind of want to hand it over to you and then I'll ask you some specific questions about me. And then I'll ask you some specific questions that I know a lot of users of my programs and listeners of my podcast always have about food. So take it away. Yeah. I mean, so for people who are unfamiliar with my work, I started my career as a generalist journalist. Uh, Try saying that five times fast. But it wasn't until my mother um, at a very young age developed a rare form of dementia called Lewy body dementia that um, sent me down the rabbit hole and and made me fixate, focus really on um, trying to understand to the best of my ability the lifestyle factors that would predispose somebody to developing cognitive decline and ultimately one of these um, more severe forms of cognitive impairment like uh, Alzheimer's disease, Parkinson's disease, um, and and other forms of dementia. And because I'd always had a passion for fitness and nutrition, um, my the first place that I that I began to look um, in the, in with regard to the medical literature were were the studies involving um, food. And so. Uh, my first book was called Genius Foods, and it was really um, a book where I endeavored to identify the foods that um, were provided the most bang for the buck for people, the, the foods that were the most easy to access, the, the most low cost, the most ex- accessible, that were going to really protect your brain um, as it ages while also giving your brain um, important building block molecules that your brain can use to create healthy new brain cells, which we now know that the, the adult brain can do. It was once believed that the brain um, developed uh, and reached, reached peak um, development at around the age of 25 only to begin this long, slow, gradual decline um, to the end of life. But we now know that the brain is highly malleable and it possesses a characteristic called neuroplasticity. So we can, we can continue to change our brains um, up until our last breath, which is so so completely empowering. But the responsibility, Sean, is on us to provide our brains with the ingredients, the essential molecules that it requires in order to do that. So I call these foods the genius foods. And my new book, Genius Kitchen, is a cookbook that really makes the recommendations that I've made um, throughout my career actionable and, and and really distills them into delicious dishes. Because really, at the end of the day, um, food isn't just how we nourish ourselves. It's how we celebrate life. It's how we express love. It's how we communicate. And studies show that just cooking at home, as opposed to eating out in restaurants, improves one's risk for developing obesity, improves one's body fat percentage, is associated with better cardiovascular health. We know that you can cook the same meal at home that you'd get out at a restaurant and it's going to have fewer calories, fewer fat calories, less sodium. So cooking at home above and beyond carbs, fat, protein, it's really the most important, I think, leverage point for people to to get healthier and to feel better. Um, It's also less expensive. And so I really wanted to um, celebrate cooking uh, with my new book, Genius Kitchen. And it's a 300 plus page book that provides over a hundred super delicious recipes that are easy to make involving ingredients that are very easy to find. Um, And then the first half of the book is actually a wellness and kitchen guide. So I talk about all of the different um, components of one's diet, whether it's meat, plants, dairy, salt, water, fish, uh, breaking apart each food category and providing recommendations for people 
um, in terms of what they should look for um, in the supermarket, what to buy, what to try to avoid or at least minimize. Um, because the modern uh, navigating the modern supermarket these days is like walking through a minefield. I mean, it's it's full of of ultra processed products that really are at the foundation of the obesity epidemic and the and the epidemic of metabolic disease, which we're seeing um, now affect nine in ten adults um, in this country. So uh, it's a big problem, and and I attempt to separate fact from fiction in my book and give people a really clear roadmap in terms of how to eat for better metabolic health, better body composition. Um, greater satiety, better brain health, and the like. And then I also talk about ways of improving digestion, which I think is uh, which is really important because if you're not digesting your food properly, you're being shortchanged. You're not um, reaping the full benefit of your food. You're, you're, it's essentially a waste of money, right? Because if you're spending all this money on high-quality food and you're not reaping the benefits of that food, um, that's, a, that, that's an economic issue as well. So um, I talk about all, all of those different uh, components, but... At the end of the day, each recipe focuses on, again, what I call a genius food. So it's foods like grass-fed beef, avocados, dark leafy greens, blueberries, dark chocolate, um, wild fatty fish like salmon. These are all foods that I think people ought to really um, consider buying on loop. There was a study published out of Tufts University a couple of years back that found that you know the advice, Sean, to eat everything in moderation? We hear that echoed from the yeah. nutritional orthodoxy, the medical establishment. Just eat everything in, in moderation. That When people actually do that, it leads to worse um, dietary choices. Yeah, we should, eat, to greater... we should eat donuts in moderation. Or <laughs> we should eat fun foods in moderation. But anyway, go ahead. I think I know where you're going with this. No, it's you're absolutely right. Or even this notion of intuitive eating, right? Like I intuitively, once I take one scoop of ice cream, my body intuitively wants to eat the whole pint. That's why I don't, I don't get a dozen donuts anymore because they'll sit on the counter and I'm like, I intuitively want to keep going back to taste all of them. A hundred percent. Me too. And, and, and that's not a failure of willpower. It's your body doing what it wants to do. It's your brain doing what, what it's, what it's evolved to do. Um, because these foods are highly calorie dense and prior to the ubiquity of food security, um, a hunter-gatherer, when a hunter-gatherer would have stumbled upon a food as calorie-dense as modern ice cream or as pizza or lasagna or burritos or any of these like modern you know, food creations or packaged processed foods like chips, um, the, the, those who would have eaten to fullness, those highly calorie-dense foods, would have been the most likely to survive because calories were, were scarce for the vast majority of our evolution. Today... I mean, this is the first time in human history that there are more overweight people walking the earth than underweight people. And it really is a problem of food quality. Today, 60% of the calories that your average American consumes come from what are called ultra-processed foods. These are the shelf-stable, packaged, processed foods. So again, it's getting back to minimally processed ingredients. Real foods don't have extensive ingredients lists. They are the ingredients. And it's learning how to cook, learning how to prepare even simple dishes one of the most powerful leverage points um, that uh, that you can use for better health. It took me years to figure out what is literally going to make my stomach feel like it's at war and eliminate that. And even when I knew that I should have eliminated it, I still, you know, you talk about willpower. I'm gonna change that. I didn't have the, I didn't have the brain power <laughs> to not eat those things. We love cooking at home. Absolutely love it. But it took a long time for me to say, oh. 
you know, I'm just, it's been so busy or we've been on the road and we've been traveling and it's just easier for me to sit here and let somebody deliver to my door and click on my phone to get, and we just came out of, well, not out of, but, you know, obviously our world was in a pandemic. So people were just like ordering out. So that's what I want to say, because I want to set people up to really enjoy the process and be committed to the process that you're providing for them. So how do you get people to to say, okay, I really have to commit to eating home in a better way? Such a such a good question and such a great place to start. I think it's it really is about reducing the friction. Um, you know, there's this concept of habit stacking and um, and and taking the it's the small, simple steps that that you can take that really reduce the friction with regard to any positive habit that you'd like to set for yourself in your life. Right. Just to use an example, um, I tried to start meditating recently. I'm not a regular meditator. It's a very difficult thing for me to do. I just can't find the discipline, right, <laughs> to like to, to take ten, even 10 minutes out of my day and, and meditate. And my therapist is like, Max, you got to meditate. You know, you've got, you've got stress. It's bottling up. Like, I don't I'm a chill guy, as you mentioned, but like stress can affect everybody and it affects everybody in different ways. So what I started to do is I have a yoga mat and I lay it out by my bed and I just leave it there so that there's less friction every morning for me to to unroll the yoga mat and then roll the yoga mat back up and put it away. I'm just leaving it there. And so that's one less step that I have to do to, to reduce the friction for me to form that habit. I tack that habit onto my morning routine. Every human has a morning routine. It's something that we all have, right? So my morning routine now, instead of just getting out of bed and going to pee, I get out of bed, I go to pee, and before going downstairs to make coffee, I go and I sit on that yoga mat, which is already sprawled out in front of my bed, right? So I've reduced the friction. When it comes to cooking, um, I think making sure that you have uh, a slew of very simple ingredients and, and realizing that the best dishes don't require uh, an abundance of ingredients. All you need are a few simple things to turn single ingredient food items into food. So I think every kitchen, you need to have a good high quality salt. Salt is, I mean, if there's any ingredient in, in the kitchen that, that, that can take something and turn it into a delicious meal, it's salt, right? I mean, yes, you can take a ribeye, for example. <laughs> yes. A ribeye really, I mean, isn't a steak until you add salt to it. It's just a piece of meat, right? <laughs> right. So making sure that you have a really good high quality salt, um, other ingredients include pepper, garlic powder. I mean, these are just the, the, the bare essentials, and you can do so much with that. Extra virgin olive oil. You can take any vegetable um, in, the, in, the, in the produce section of your supermarket, dice it up, toss it in a little bit of extra virgin olive oil, salt, pepper, garlic powder, roast it, and you've got yourself a delicious dish. That's it. In fact, undersalting food is probably the biggest mistake that home cooks make. They just under-season their food. And seasoning food is so important and it's so essential. Now, I was about to grab my phone and be like, okay, high quality salt, because we're actually about to move into our new house. We haven't really been cooking at home because we're, our life is crazy right now, but I'm, I'm taking these notes for myself. High quality salt, the olive oil. Okay. And I'm, I'm on the right path when it comes to seasoning my food for my family. You may continue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, undersalting is a is a big um, it's a big problem, and you need salt to make some of the healthiest uh, food items. Like again, vegetables, right? You need salt to make vegetables palatable. I don't care who you are. 
Um, but if you're undersalting your veggies, they're, they're just not going to taste good, right? And we're told over and over again to eat our vegetables. No wonder most people don't like vegetables, like foods like broccoli, right? Because they're just so typically undersalted. I have an amazing recipe in the dish for a cheesy broccoli dish. I love to uh, bake some eggs on top of it, but it, it involves a hefty amount of salt, nutritional yeast, um, uh, coconut cream, which is so good, lemon. These are all the ingredients. Hold that, on, I'm that, going to get, I'm going to the airport. I'll be right over. <laughs> I Dude, can't eat, I can't have the cheese, but I can have. Well, it's not cheese. It's it's nutritional. It's nutritional yeast, which has like a oh. it, nutritional yeast is something that. Have you ever had nutritional yeast? Chuck? I have not. So it's something that vegans are familiar with. It's uh, loaded with B vitamins. It's a good source of protein, and it has a cheesy flavor. Um, so if you can't eat cheese, nutritional yeast is definitely something that you want to have in your cupboard. Um, because it, you can sprinkle it on pasta. You can make cheesy dishes like this, this broccoli dish that I'm talking about. And there's no dairy, no dairy in it. Oh, it's uh, it, it's great. You know, instead of just hanging out in the kitchen, you know, do something, create an environment. I, one of the things we did with our kids from a very, young, I mean, they're still they're only four, but even when they were super young, is we would we would bake with them and we would cook with them, and they still they still love baking and they know ingredients, and so um, just the kitchen being kind of like the biggest party space in the house is a, is another reason for people to say, oh, you know, well, I spend a lot of time in the kitchen. If I have these ingredients, I have an incredible source of information, you know, then why not take advantage of that? So I just want to say thank you for that. And it made me think of that, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's it's again, it's like the way that we communicate, the way that we share love. Also, for people, anybody listening or watching this that has kids, I mean, we model for our kids and set up habits that become um, lifelong uh, predispositions, right? Like lifelong preferences are instilled and modeled for our children. I don't have any kids, but um, when (laughs) when they're young, there was a there was a study that just came out that showed that when you give adults raw broccoli right like raw under seasoned broccoli i mean that is not a tasty snack by any means but when you just show children adults eating it and you and you and you make the adults put on a positive um emotion on their face smiling while they're eating it the kids are twice as likely to uh eat broccoli and they're more inclined to eat more of it so i'm not saying that we should go around encouraging our kids to eat raw broccoli but it's we, we it's it's this is such an important part of the um, process of raising kids that then have, are able to form these healthy habits that are going to set them up for better health down the road. I, I agree with that because even we've never told our kids once you need to work out or you have to be healthy with this. They hear us talking about it. They hear us working out when they come to the transformation center, they get on the bike, they start lifting weights without us even telling them. We usually have to tell them to stop because things are too heavy or too dangerous. But you're right. Just that model behavior and not that, you know, I'm the perfect parent because my kid now says the F word, which I, I told him, like, you can only say that around me and dad. dad. <laughs> I don't even get, I don't know. I'm like, I said it. But anyway, it's kind of like what you said, like they do mimic you just by your enjoyment of the things that you do. Yeah, absolutely. You guys are great models. I mean, you guys are so fit. Like it's 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 uh they're lucky. They're definitely lucky. But that's a big part of it. And I think um, cooking at home, getting your kids engaged. My, I was really lucky. My mom loved to cook, and it was one of my favorite things to do with her. It was how we used to bond. And I really took to cooking when my mom became too ill, too, when, when her dementia progressed. 
being in the kitchen became a, a hazard for her, being around an open flame, using a knife and so forth. So I really learned on the job and I think culinary literacy is something that's been lost, just like health literacy, just like financial mm -hmm. literacy. We live in a society that values specialization and I think our, our uh, lives in many way we in many ways have suffered as a result of that right we outsource everything from cooking right we order up on uh, on apps or getting food from restaurants has become so easy right we've outsourced financial literacy we um we outsource our health literacy to our doctors right um it's a it's a huge problem but i want to bring culinary literacy back to the average person i think it's really important to know how to cook um, how to use a, a small array of really simple ingredients to make delicious dishes. I think that is super, super important. And you shouldn't need to be a chef to be able to do that. Yeah. Um, undersalting food, as I mentioned, it's a huge problem. A lot of people are told over and over again to actually reduce the amount of sodium um, in their diets, which is a, a nutrient that comes from salt. But I think it's important that people realize that sodium is, as I said, a nutrient. In, and it's called a macro mineral for a reason. We need to ingest a relatively large amount of it every day for good health. And only 11% of the sodium that your average person consumes comes from their salt shaker. The vast majority comes from ultra processed foods, which we need to get off of. We need to get off of those packaged processed foods because those foods are killing us. And we need to get back to, um, to, to single ingredient foods, home cooked meals, um, crucially important you have this section in a book that has the ingredients how do you set people up to not just be like oh i read this book i know the ingredients i can regurgitate it to my friends i might be eating i might not be eating the healthiest but i can go in a conversation with people and tell them i know all this stuff how do you get them to translate or transfer the incredible knowledge that you have in your book to not just speak about it because they feel more important or more more educated but to say like what is that missing step that people have to be like you know i really need to take action on this i mean it, they just have to trust and believe that's really <laughs> what it comes down to no i'm not kidding yeah I'm, and i'm not just blowing smoke they have to trust and believe that they can create delicious dishes and that those dishes are going to directly improve their health not just their health long term but the way that they feel in the here and now, the way that they show up in their lives, because we know that food affects the way that our brains work. Mm. It affects the, 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 the foods that we eat become the constituent molecules that compose our brain matter. And that in turn affects our mood. It affects our executive function. So our ability to focus, to pay attention, to practice impulse control, to tune out distractions, to even be more empathetic Sean, which is something that we all need a little bit more of these days, right? Um, with 100%. regard to how how we treat others. And food is really the foundational element here because food affects, you are what you eat. This is certainly true for, um, you know, what you carry around in your, in, your, in your fat tissue, for example. It's what um, the molecules that comprise your immune system, but it's also true of your brain. Um, your brain has a, it sits behind what's called the blood-brain barrier and molecules that, that are derived from our food, um, certain molecules are easily able to enter the brain and it's those molecules that then um, form your brain on a moment-to-moment -moment basis. Influence, for example, uh, your brain cell membranes, which uh, are how neurons communicate with one another. So our thoughts, our memories, our ability to um, feel a sense of reward, pleasure, joy, are all reliant on these chemicals 
called neurotransmitters. And for example, um, you know, we can eat eggs, which are rich in a compound called choline, which forms the backbone of a, of a neurotransmitter called acetylcholine, which is really important for learning and memory. My mom, who um, had dementia, was on a drug which they typically prescribe for dementia patient, patients, which attempts to boost levels of acetylcholine in the brain by preventing its breakdown. But we can actually influence uh, levels of this neurotransmitter in our brain simply by eating foods that contain choline. And there was a study that showed that people who ate the most choline had um, a 30%, uh, older adults who ate the most choline had a 30% risk reduction for developing dementia. So their risk was slashed by 30% for the development of, of dementia. And where is choline found? Well, the number one source are egg yolks. We've been told for decades to avoid eggs, uh, and particularly the yolks, right? But an egg yolk is is literally, I, I call egg yolks a cognitive multivitamin because they contain a little bit of everything required to grow and sustain a healthy brain. Egg yolks are rich in choline. So is um, red meat and fish, all wonderful sources of of choline. So that's just one example of one important nutrient. But there are there are hundreds of, of molecules that we know um, influence the brain in a, in a positive direction. Um, and these molecules are found in our food. They're not found in the drugstore. They're found in they're found around the perimeter of the supermarket. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. You know, Max, I just had an idea. I don't know if you'll like this idea, but I think I'm going to do this with your book because <clears throat> I'm so excited. So when and I have to do this when I move into my new house because I'm I'm living between two homes right now. But, you know, with all my workout programs, we have a workout calendar and people love to check off that they worked out that day, you know, so on and so forth. But I really believe that I want to do like a 30 day cook at home challenge so that and it's specifically the dinner time because I think it's just easier you know breakfast is easy I mean it's harder to to focus on the dinner part breakfast is pretty simple people know how to kind of eat healthy in the morning and you know maybe not stop for that bagel and cream cheese New Yorkers out there (laughs) Um, lunchtime people I find that lunchtime a lot of times people eat healthier because they're around their coworkers, so they'll go to lunch and they'll get the salad to you know save face if you will for their you know biggest loser (laughs) work challenges but when people get home at night I think that's whenever they eat dinner I feel like that's the hardest part so I have a group on Facebook called the Unity Community, and I think I'm going to use your book as a challenge. Everyone, and right now they have a bunch of recipes, like we have 90 recipes that they do, but I just, I didn't really, I just have it available to them, but I think I want to use your book as like a 30-day challenge to have people say, you can choose whatever recipe you want. You have to cook at home, and you have to check off this box. I know what you provide is incredible information and I know people are going to really enjoy the process enjoy the food enjoy the read enjoy the education 
But I'm really, when you say trust and believe, I love it because I want people to trust and believe in the fact that they can make this, you know, a habit or not even a habit, just make this a part of your life. And so I just wanted to interject there that I'm going to have a, I'm going to have my group use your book to do a 30 day eat at home challenge. And I will extend it to 60 days because I just think it's really great. I absolutely love that idea. And I think that it's all, it's only going to be a few meals where people start feeling the difference. Um, I mean, with, with the right food, you start feeling the difference right away, right? Especially with regard to stomach issues that, that many people have. But um, there's this concept of inertia, which I think is really important. An object in motion wants to stay in motion. An object mm-hmm. at rest wants to stay at rest. Somebody who orders up every single night of the week, they're going to want to continue ordering up every single night of the week. All it takes, though, is to put the ball into motion, cooking that first night, the second night, the third night, and then you're going to start wanting to, once you start feeling the benefits, you're going to want to keep it up because somebody who is cooking every night of the week is going to want to continue cooking every night of the week, especially once that 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 they start feeling that feed, feedback loop of um, just how gratifying it is to be able to prepare your food to see what you're actually able to do in the kitchen once you once you start to trust and believe in yourself and your own abilities. Um, and then the health benefits uh, that they'll start to feel right away um, will be will be enough, I think, to reinforce that that habit. So I love that idea. And one more like scientific question, and this is probably like a very I don't want to say taboo, but it's uh, it's a subject that a lot of people don't like to talk about because they're like, oh, my gosh, that's gross. Studying your bowel movements also is another way for you to say, oh, my gosh, I'm eating healthy. You'll know if your stomach is gurgling and things aren't happening the right way on the other end, you know, it's not it's not the best. Explain people like the process of that digestion and what these vegetables and the correct oils and the salts and all these things. I mean, we talked about how they affect the brain in a good way, but. I don't really think a lot of people truly understand how foods are digested in the body. So do you want to kind of go through that a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I do. I do talk about that in the book. When it comes to digestion, that's how you absorb and assimilate the nutrients from food. And if you're not digesting your food properly, um, you're being shortchanged. You're not you're not reaping the the benefits of those food to to fill you up with energy and um and and the molecules that we know support your your most optimal mood um, and 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 immune function and I mean every every aspect of your being is influenced by your food and if you're not digesting your food properly, um, you're shortchanging the ability of your food to to have an effect. And so I mean essentially what happens is you digest your you you extract all of the nutrients that are required for good health in your small intestine, but f- but digestion actually begins. Uh, before you even sit down, like when you start thinking about your food and maybe seeing the food that you're about to eat, smelling the food, actually that's when digestion begins. We know that your stomach starts to, to secrete digestive juices like um, enzymes that break down protein and hydrochloric acid uh, well before you take your first bite. And then actually chewing the food, um, the physical the physical act of digestion and, and the breakdown of nutrients begins in your mouth. So this is another reason why um, it's so important to slow down when you're eating. This supports how you feel, certainly, because when we eat fast, we tend to swallow air, um, mm. and that can that you know that contributes to to intestinal gas, which nobody wants, right? It can it can be painful for some. It can it can lead to that feeling of bloating, which nobody likes. So you really want to slow down 
when you're chewing. And also, slowing down while you chew uh, helps you extract the most nutritional value from your food. So certain compounds in food, um, compounds like sulforaphane, which is generated when we chew cruciferous vegetables. These are powerfully detoxifying compounds, really important for, for detoxifying, helping your body purge environmental pollutants that we all encounter um, these days. It relies on you taking the time to actually chew uh, the vegetables. Also, uh, compounds in, in food like beets and arugula called nitrates. We know that nitrates are really important for reducing our blood pressure, for enhancing blood flow. Uh, the drug Viagra actually works by um, increasing nitric oxide availability. So for sexual function, sexual performance, which is so crucially important, nitric oxide plays an important role. And slowing down while you chew arugula, beets, crucially important for this process to get uh, put into motion because it's the oral bacteria that um, allow the nitrates in food the, the oral bacteria f facilitate the nitrates in food to enter this nitric oxide pathway. So if you're just wolfing down your food, inhaling your food, so to speak, um, you're not reaping any of those benefits that I just mentioned, the blood pressure lowering, lowering effect of certain foods, the um, ability of certain foods to help detoxify your body. Um, part of that uh, relies on just getting to the table and taking a few deep breaths, activating your parasympathetic nervous system, which is the rest and digest um, mode of your nervous system. We digest food when we're chill. When we're stressed out, you just you don't digest food because stress for a hunter-gatherer, for our ancestors, was usually instigated by some the by the presence of physical threat, right? So the presence of physical threat, if a lion were running towards you, your body has other things to do, right? It's it's not thinking about uh, properly um, breaking down nutrients and assimilating nutrients. We would eat when we were chill. Today, unfortunately, we're stressed out not due to the potential physical danger. We're stressed out due to the email that we have uh, yet to, to answer properly, right? We're stressed out due to relationship, uh, relation, bad relationships that we're stuck in, right? We're stressed out due to unhealed, unresolved trauma because we're not dealing with that properly. And so all of that um, impairs digestion. It, it impairs digestion, it, it forces blood to leave the digestive tract. Whereas when you sit down and you take a few deep breaths um, and, you, and, you, and you force yourself to calm down before you start eating, blood goes back to your digestive system, right? Because it's the rest and digest phase. I do want to talk about the recipes before we, before we uh, finish because I just think that a lot of people get really excited about those things. And especially when... A recipe is healthy and tastes good. So, all right. I want you to tell me four of your favorite recipes in addition to the one you talked about with the, uh, was it broccoli and eggs that I'm coming over yeah. for? Um, <laughs> tell me like four of your favorite recipes in a book. Oh, man. I love this. So, um, <laughs> the first place that my brain went, I grew up in New York City. And um, after school, I would always go to the local pizza shop. And uh -oh. I would, they would have... Jamaican beef patties. Have you ever had a Jamaican beef patty? Yes, yes <laughs> I have. At the bodega on 48th and 10th in yeah. <laughs> Hell's Kitchen. Yes, I have. I used to be like, this is when I was filming Insanity. I'm like, there's no way you should be eating this, but they are so no. good. Bro, <laughs> so freaking, so delicious, right? 
So I had to remake that in my book, um, and I, and I have a recipe for a pattyless Jamaican beef patty, oh, which I'm so exciting, <laughs> dude! It is it is so good. It's I've I've nailed the seasoning on on the Jamaican oh beef patty. Oh my gosh! And and there it's pattyless, so it's a gluten free. All the recipes, by the way, in my book are gluten free, grain free, and ninety nine percent of them are dairy free. So yeah, yo. So it's. Yeah, oh my God. whatever diet plan you're on, it's it, it, it's gonna be highly adaptable. But this pattyless Jamaican beef patty um, is incredible. It, it it includes grass-fed beef. If you don't have access to grass-fed beef, you can use any any kind of ground beef. But grass-fed beef, um, it's again it again uses nutritional yeast, which really completes the taste and and the yeah. look of the dish. It's so freaking good. Cumin, a bunch of a bunch of spices. Um, it's an amazing dish. So that's one of them. That's definitely one of them. I have another dish that's actually, it's a Portuguese dish. Uh, this dish is really special to me because my mom used to make it for me. This is my own take on it because I, I unfortunately, my mom passed away three years ago and I was never able to get her recipe, but it's it's very close. Um, and bacalao is a very common Portuguese dish. We're not Portuguese, but it's just for some reason, my mom knew how to make it. And um, <laughs> I love yeah. It. And it was just a, a, a 10 out of 10 dish. So it's a bacalao dish. It involves salted cod, um, which is it can be found at, at most supermarkets. Yeah, it's this flaky white fish. Uh, mm. it's, it's salty, so it's savory, and it just falls apart. And you use um, some sweet potatoes to make the dish, mm. some olives. Mm. It's really delicious. Um, it's life. almost like a fit. Yeah. My life. You gotta get Sean. <laughs> well, I'm sending you the book, so I can't wait to hear your uh, how you you know your take on the recipes. Um, yeah. But uh, but I promise you that you're gonna love them, especially if you like savory foods with big bold flavors. Um, I, I like well seasoned food, as you can tell. We've already talked about like you know the, the fact that I think that salt plays such an important role. Big bold flavors usually come from like international food. Uh, my book really pays homage to a lot of different um, types of international cuisine that have inspired me through the years. I mean, I grew up in New York City. I went to school in Miami. I live in L.A. So I've been um, forever sort of around international cuisine. The third dish is, uh, is a Cuban-inspired dish. It's a picadillo, but it uses primarily um, healthy ingredients. Most... Um, you know, again, when you go to restaurants, you don't really know what they're using, what kinds of oils they're using in the cooking. The kinds of oils that you use are really important. So for me, um, making a picadillo using grass-fed beef, using uh, using only healthful oils, so getting rid of the grain and seed oils, mm -hmm. uh, super important. And it's another dish like the bacalao that includes olives. I think olives are a wonderful um just explosion of flavor in your mouth. So it's a it's a grass-fed beef picadillo, which is a, a famous Cuban dish. If not if not the national dish of Cuba, um, it's uh, it's definitely one of the most famous famous dishes to come out of that out of that island. So um, I'm a huge fan of that. And then we have uh, we have a bunch of sweet dishes in the in the book as well. Um, and my favorite of those would have to be well, one of my favorites would have to be the sugar-free olive oil almond cake. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. 
Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. So if you've never had an olive oil cake, um, I've never had a, again, but I can't eat almonds and I'm being selfish. Well, Give me another sweet one. <laughs> I don't want to hear about everybody. Almonds are everywhere and I'm sure it's great. Tell me something that I can eat. This all right. Sweet. <laughs> okay. All right. Fair. So we, I have a recipe. This is a very simple recipe. Okay. Um, very easy to make. If you have kids, so, you know, your, your kids are going to love it. It's a very kid friendly dish. Fun to make with them also. Um, Dark chocolate covered salted fresh blueberries. So how you make this dish? This is actually a really simple dish. I'll just give this away for free oh, to your to okay. your audience because right. it's so simple to make. Yeah, because Sander, to- my one son, loves. He eats an entire thing of blueberries every night. It's unreal. Like he eats a bowl uh, of berries, like this big, every single night. Strawberries, blueberries, raspberries, blackberries. He loves it. So this is going to be a good one. I love it. He must be a sharp kid because blueberries are incredible for the brain. It's one of the reasons why I love to use them in my recipes. He knows every constellation in the sky. He wow. can go outside and look up at the sky and he sees them. It is crazy. So I'm going to make sure he keeps eating blueberries and I'm going to eat them myself. But go ahead. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, the way to make this is really easy, okay? You, you basically, you just go and buy a high cacao percentage dark chocolate bar. So I usually buy will will buy eighty five percent or higher, and on a with a double boiler or on a very very low heat, you melt down the chocolate bar, and then you throw in uh, a, a teaspoon um, of coconut oil, just to help uh, liquefy the 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 dark chocolate. My and stomach if it's just 80- growled, dude. My stomach just yeah. growled. You probably didn't hear it. Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> No, man, this is this is so good. So you've got the dark chocolate, you've got the coconut oil, and then what you throw in is a little bit of monk fruit sweetener um, into the pan. And I've got all the ratios for this in the book. It depends really on the on the percent cacao of dark chocolate that you've used, but you throw in a little bit of monk fruit stevia uh, in there just to sweeten it up a little bit. Um, and again, you want it very light. You can actually even um, pulse the heat, so you don't you don't want that heat always on because you don't want to burn the chocolate. Um, and then what you do. You also don't want it too hot because then what you're going to do is you're going to take the blueberries and you're going to put them into the pan, into the pot, the saucepan or whatever, and make sure that the blueberries are fully coated in the dark chocolate. And then on parchment paper, you take the blueberries out and you form little clusters, three, four blueberries at a time. They're going to be coated in dark chocolate on on a sheet of parchment paper. So you've got these dark chocolate, these dark chocolate covered um, blueberries, fresh blueberries, right? And then you put them in the fridge. You put them in the fridge so that the chocolate reconstitutes, it hardens up, and also because of the coconut oil, um, you want to make sure that it solidifies. And then after about 20 minutes, uh, you take them out of the fridge, you should have these amazing candy-coated fresh blueberries. Um, Oh, I forgot to add one step. Before you put them in the fridge, you sprinkle a little bit of sea salt on top. Yes. Just so you get Uh. a little tiny hit of that salt flavor, right? 
put them in the fridge. After 20 minutes, you take them out. You've got the clusters. It's like an explosion of flavor in your mouth. So good. And it includes both dark chocolate and blueberries, which are both really important um, brain foods that I often recommend. I can't tell you how excited I am. Max, thank you so much. Um, If you are listening to the show, uh, I just want to let you all know. I'm going to do a 30-day challenge with Max's book. You guys are going to cook at home every day, and you're immediately going to feel healthier. But before we finish, I want to ask Max, even though you said trust and believe a lot, how do you get people to trust and believe in their kitchen? Oh, man. Well, first of all, thank you, Sean. Love seeing your face. I'm so uh, happy that you're healing you know. You know, for after your surgery. Um, and, and I really appreciate the opportunity to come on and talk about my new book, Genius Kitchen, which people can pick up at, uh, at wherever books are sold. Um, I think that trusting and believing in the kitchen is really about trusting and believing in yourself. Um, cooking is not knowing how to cook delicious dishes is not something that you have to go to cooking school to be able to do. Mm -hmm. It's something that is innate in who you are as a human being. Humans have been cooking and preparing delicious, nourishing, satiating food for as long as we've been human. It's your birthright. And so just getting back to that, shedding the dogma and the limiting beliefs that, oh, I'm not meant to be a good cook because I didn't go to cooking school or um, because I've never been a good cook up until this point in my life. You gotta say goodbye to that narrative and trust and believe in yourself um, that you that you can you can get into the kitchen and using just a small amount of simple, low cost, easily accessible ingredients, cook up amazing dishes that are going to impress your friends and loved ones, nourish their bodies um, and their brains, and uh, and that's really all it takes. All it takes is a little bit of a little bit of trust and belief for you to start building up that confidence and for it to then become a self perpetuating healthy habit that you'll have for the rest of your life. Everyone. You can get Genius Kitchen wherever books are sold. You can also go to a link in the show notes. We're going to have it for you. Also, you can find Max on Instagram. That's where I follow him. And the link will be in the show notes there as well. Max, thank you so much. I think we're all going to be able to trust and believe, not just in our kitchen, but in enjoying cooking at home again, enjoying fellowshipping with our families, which I think is one of the other things that we miss with the stress of today and the you know idea of the hustle and bustle and trying to get to the next thing um and i appreciate you again and everyone out there continue to trust and believe in who you are and if you get this book you will trust and believe in your kitchen